Welcome to the 864 Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Randall. And we are your hosts. Um, on the 864 Podcast, we have people on our show that are doing phenomenal work in the community. And the hope is to encourage you guys to do the same in your communities, but also just to see how God is working and moving through their lives. Um, today, we have Daniel with us, and he is the director at Fair Play Boys Camp. Um, and it's very good to have you on, Daniel. Good to be here. Good, good. Um, so a lot of people in this area are familiar with Fair Play Boys Camp, so it's um, something that's fairly common. Um, but for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with it, just give us a small blip about Fair Play Boys Camp. Sure. Yeah, so Fair Play Camp is a, it's a residential home for boys. It's in a wilderness setting. So we use the wilderness setting as a way to create an environment where boys learn to trust each other. So we're taking boys that have had lots of different things that have happened to them um, and learn, helping them learn how to take responsibility. So a lot of the, the two groups or the groups live by two rules. They say everything we do, we do together as a group and we do it in a good attitude. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in a good attitude, we can have lots of fun. When we're fussing at each other and not in a good attitude, we can actually be quite miserable. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to find a way to go from miserable to happy um, before we go to bed, before we finish the day, before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, most most people that know me, I guess, know uh, I would have worked under Daniel for a while. So uh, I'm excited to have you on. You're somebody I really respect and look up to. Um, good friend of, of my father's and um, role model for me in a lot of ways. Um why don't you uh, just tell us what a normal week looks like for you, what your job as director kind of entails? I know that's kind of a a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, so uh, normal. I'm not sure what normal is, um, and I had made myself a few notes off of your questions, but um, so kind of a normal week would be, uh, you know, my kind of normal hours would be Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um pretty much kind of, you know, starts at breakfast, kind of 8 to 5. Um, but I'm obviously on call all the time. So mm-hmm. that can be Saturday or Sunday or some evening, that kind of thing. Mondays um, is usually my day where I'm kind of – I'm coming into Chuck Wagon, which is the dining hall where boys eat their meals. And it's kind of, you know, I'm catching up. There's a lot that's happened over the weekend um, with the groups and boys and their counselors. And so – just kind of feeling out what's the spirit of camp feel like, what, you know, if there's a group struggling or giving some directions to uh, the supervisors, different issues that may have come up over the weekend. Tuesdays um, is a big staffing day, so I drink lots of coffee on Tuesday. Um, but it's, it's a day to kind of pull our team together. So I meet in the morning with the educational coordinators first, and we're talking about just the educational parts of camp and mm-hmm. how that all plays in and, you know, different um, areas that, that we want to target with a boy. And then I meet with um, the program director and I, we meet with the family worker team and that team works directly with the boys and their families. Mm-hmm. And so that, that meeting is talking about new referrals, talking about families that they've gone and done an in-home interview in um, and then our wait list right now is about six months. Wow. So we're talking about, you know, how to take care of the families that are waiting, mm-hmm. um, that are kind of in this crisis mode of like, we really need some help, but 
we have to wait for this place that we feel like is the right fit for our son. Um, and then also talking about the boys that are at camp right then and talking about things the families are concerned about, issues maybe the family is facing, um, and also just how does that tie in with what's happening with the boys in their groups. Then at one fifteen, I lead a staff meeting that is all the available staff. So it's kind of my one time in a week to get the staff in one room. Yeah. Just we spend some time praying. We spend time, again, if they're planning something, then we'll cover details there. And in the afternoon, we do a staffing with all the supervisors, the family workers, educational team. And that meeting then would be kind of taking all the different parts of the therapy part of camp mm-hmm. and kind of wrapping it together and going, okay, here's here's what a family's saying. Here's what a boy needs to work on. You know, we maybe we need to, you know, work on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of um, – you, you do a lot of sitting, but it, yeah. it's, it's usually, it's also a day that's energizing because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a hard work, but you, we have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot in staffing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. we get to tell lots of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always feel like it's a successful day. If you know, you've had some fun, you've spent some time praying, you've spent some time strategizing, um, but you leave kind of going, okay, here's, here's our focus. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah. About how many staff are at camp right now? I think we have 34 staff total Okay, uh, between what I call program staff, which are directly connected to boys and families, and then also our thrift store staff. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. And then Wednesdays and Thursdays are a bit more, um, that's when the boys are cooking in their campsite. And so that's kind of my office days when I can kind of catch up on some stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Fridays, it's kind of, again, setting the tone for the weekend um, because, again, there's a lot that happens you know, over the yeah. weekend mm-hmm. and then kind of wrapping up the week. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of my role that has, my role has lots of different aspects in it. You know, part of my role is kind of the administrative side of camp. Mm-hmm. And so leading an organization kind of similar to leading a business, mm-hmm. um, it's leading people. So sometimes it's actually kind of hard to say at the end of the day, here's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, kind of maintaining that professional side of childcare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the other side of my role is the ministry side and kind of keeping a balance between those two. Yeah. I often say, if you don't do the professional side well, then you lose your opportunity to do ministry. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. that's good. Yeah. Um, but if you don't keep your focus on ministry, there's a lot of easier ways to do childcare than yeah. a wilderness camp. Yeah. And yeah. so... And that's... You probably have... Uh, kind of an especially tough balance with uh, when it comes to taking care of somebody's kid. That's right. 24-7 for like six weeks at a time. Uh, you definitely need to maintain both of those. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and that, like I can imagine having having someone that's leading the organization, you're a lot of the weight and responsibility of like the liability issues mm-hmm. and like the working with um, DSS, working with child care, like all that stuff, like, a lot of that probably falls on you, but because of that, it probably opens up other people to dive in more and like not have to worry about this That's right. as much. So yeah, so part of my role would be to kind of protect the frontline staff mm-hmm. from that administrative type stuff to where they can focus more on just the relational parts. Yeah, yeah. So like, how are you guys? Um, like, as far as staff goes, is it all like it's all volunteer, right? And then. Like how how far out do you have people coming? Like, yeah. So again, there's kind of two sides. I I said we have one one part of our staff team is what I call short term staff. Okay. And so those are staff that are serving like 
uh, a VS term. So mm -hmm. chiefs are serving a two-year term, okay. cooks are a year and a half, okay. thrift store staff are like 15 months. Okay. Um, so those staff are obviously young people mm -hmm. coming, moving in from a different community, mm -hmm. um, excited about you know, plugging in, making a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's what I call the long-term staff, which are, say, people that have been a counselor or a chief, come back as a supervisor, mm -hmm. your family workers. So those staff would be staff that are usually married, mm -hmm. um, have their own house, live in the community. Um, so kind of, yeah, two sides to that yeah. team, yeah. yeah. Um, recruiting, you know, obviously you got, you know, chiefs. There's usually four chiefs a year. So mm -hmm. you kind of got to stay ahead of that. Yeah. Um, and you're always trying to get, you know, thrift store staff and, and other staff that, that want to come in and plug in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of like, yeah, that it fascinates me. Like, um, like as a director of another youth, like mm -hmm. a ministry, like hearing the, um, the side of it, like staffing and recruiting and all that. And also something we like to do with this like podcast is when someone has, like worked in something, anything that they have that would be helpful to someone else that might be either in that position mm -hmm. or maybe want to be in that position at some point. Um, so like, what are, what are some things that I don't think this is on the list, but I just came up with yeah. it. What, what are some things that you uh, like have kind of learned over your time as director that have helped like recruiting people and like getting people excited about what you have going on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of it is just building a relationship with them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm now recruiting people that, like, I was in the youth group with their parents. Oh, right? yeah. So that puts me in <laughs> yes. kind of this old category. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of it's just making connections. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody wants to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's kind of, you know, our main ministry at camp, obviously, is boys and their families, right? But there's kind of this whole other side ministry that happens with the young people that come through, yeah, right? Where good. you come through and you become a leader and, and yeah. you grow and you develop. And yep. so helping young people be passionate about those types of mm -hmm. things too. Um, and there's there's lots and lots of opportunities out there. So you get a couple chances to kind of be like, hey, I think God might be calling you to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's okay if they don't. Like yeah. um, I, you put energy into it and – the ones who feel called, you want them to feel called to, but mm -hmm. you don't want them to feel like, hey, if you don't come, then you're not following the Lord, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's just, you have to just stay connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. good. That's really good. So you should tell us on that note, kind of what brought you to camp. I, camp is what brought you to the area, mm -hmm. correct? That's yeah. right. So you should you should just kind of tell the story of like how how you ended up at camp and then somehow wound up in the director's seat. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a that's a good story. Um, I was just uh, talking at a church on Sunday, and I said, you know, I really, I really didn't have much choice. Um, I feel like God used a really hard thing in my life to bring me to camp. Um, I was uh, I was engaged to a girl and was going to get married, and then her and my sister were both killed in a car accident. And so that was back in 19, beginning of 1999. Um, so I feel like looking back, God used that to um, develop this passion for helping people. Mm -hmm. And so it was about a year and nine months after the accident happened that I knew that I, I, wanted, I needed to do something. Mm -hmm. And through some mutual friends that were connected to camp, uh, I got a phone call. And like the ones I make now, right? Yep. Yep. And they said, hey, we think you would do a good job as a chief. And I said, well, you know, maybe. 
And so I came down, I spent a weekend with the group and the explorers gave me some turkey feathers and some rocks and stole <laughs> yep. my heart and never <laughs> yeah. gave it back, yeah. right? But for me, camp was a journey of healing, kind of mm-hmm. all of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found kind of this new purpose in helping people find purpose and healing out of their pain. Yeah. And so it's it's been a long journey of just of, of that process. Again, like, um, you know, I say that, Faith is believing forward what only makes sense in reverse. Mm-hmm. And so looking back and, and being able to look at the opportunities where yeah. God has used that hard thing to give me an opportunity to be able to feel what this other person is feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's been really cool. Um, so I did, I was a group chief for two years. Uh, I left camp and I had met Faith down here. We, um, she worked at the thrift store. So mm-hmm. we, we got married in April of 03. And then we were asked to come back to, to be a supervisor uh, in the fall of 03. So we committed to two years then. Yeah. And I've just never found a way to leave. Yeah. Um, so you've been here ever since then? I've been here. For this wow. this year is actually my 20th consecutive year. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. And that's that's at camp, at camp. not just in yeah. the area. Yeah. 20 years at camp. Wow. So what were your roles then in those in that yeah. 20 years? Yeah. So I started as a supervisor. I was a supervisor for about four and a half years. Okay. And then I was the program director okay. uh, for about another four and a half to five years. And then at that time, the director, um, uh, Judd Schrock was the director, and he was started talking about leaving camp. And so the board asked me if I would be willing to go to school to get at least a two-year degree to fit the licensing requirement to be the director. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I was an online student at TFC nice. um, and worked – um, at our thrift store and was our thrift store director for about two years okay. um, and did a bunch of work in there. So I've really kind of worked in every different role at yeah, camp. Um, and then, yeah, in uh, June of 2014, I became the director and stayed there. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I it, didn't, yeah, I didn't even know that you were here like the entire time yeah. from the time you were super yeah. supervisor all the way up until director, and that's cool. And especially how they... They had you in all different roles, and I, I mean, that's important. I think to like as a director to see every part of it, whether it's you're the chief supervisor, whether even the thrift store staff, yeah. like you, kind of have a little bit of an idea of what they're going through, yeah. and even like faith, like being involved at the thrift store too. That's probably super helpful. Um, yeah. Um, let's. Um, yeah, I want to, like, just yeah, talking about you and faith, and then also like your family, mm-hmm. like how do how did they play into like your role as director? Yeah. So I, you know, it's working at a ministry is obviously different than working, say a normal business job. Right. Mm -hmm. And so kind of balancing, um, family and ministry and all that. Um, I've tried to keep them involved as much as I can. Right. Um, faith obviously isn't, you know, doesn't do any, day-to-day work at camp, but mm-hmm. does a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. She's a yeah. pretty amazing woman. Yeah. Um, feel pretty fortunate to be married to her. But, you know, she does a lot of, um, you know, coaching and mentoring mm-hmm. ladies that are, you know, single ladies that are at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my kids, I've always tried to keep them somehow connected to mm-hmm. camp so that I've always said I, I don't want my kids to be bitter or 
resent camp yeah. because, you know, my kids sacrifice a lot mm-hmm. to be at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding ways to keep them involved, um, again, because you're, you know, a group may call you and say, hey, we need some help tonight. Um, and you're going to drop what you're doing and you're going to go do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so helping them have some relationship with those boys, mm-hmm. um, although it's, you know, surface relationship, but if, if it's more than just some boy who's causing a, a problem down there yeah. that's taking their dad away, mm-hmm. then that helps kind of personalize it and gives them a heart for it too. Um, and again, because we've lived apart from our, you know, we've not lived close to either one of our parents mm-hmm. um, or our families because Faith's family's in Ohio, mine's in Indiana. Um, but then looking for ways that they can be plugged into the staff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have lots of, kind of surrogate aunts and uncles yeah, that have cool. done a great job. Yeah. Like, um, like Randall and my daughter, Annalise share a birthday. Yep. Nice. And so <laughs> nice. that's really cool. Like Randall picked her up one day in his Jeep and took her out for ice cream on her birthday. Oh, that's cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just find ways like that. And the yeah. staff have done a great job with those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I was, uh, I'd, I'd say you're doing fairly well with the, uh, I, I don't think Max hates camp yeah. at this point. I was just hanging out with him last night and, uh, one thing for me at camp, just having, having some families around like yours is always, it, there's something stabilizing to that when, uh, most of the single staff are going to be disconnected from their own families. Yeah. And sometimes there is a peace that comes from being able to go into a home, um, whether, whether perfect or not, <laughs> I guess it's, there's something yeah. grounding about that, that can just, I don't know. It's just good for, Sometimes you just need a mama, right? Yeah, like your mama's way somewhere yeah. else, and you just need to yeah. go sit at someone else's table yeah. and yeah. just hang out. Yeah, yeah. let go yeah. of the the responsibility yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, that's been that's been really um, really fun for me to see. Boys are growing up, coming into the youth group, and um, it's just been it's been fun to watch you guys through that journey. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Kind of made me think. Um, like I think it's I think it's cool when <clears throat> like you as a as a father like if they see the excitement and the passion in you it can often reflect down to the kids like even we were like when we had Harley Harley Yoder was on yeah. and he talked a lot about like his dad and his grandpa and mm-hmm. like seeing that in them and then also like you were talking about the sacrifices that your kids have to make because of camp but like when they kind of get on board with that idea and like you kind of bring them into it it's not as much of a sacrifice, but it's just like they actually want to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me think of that too, like how um, uh, Floyd did that mm-hmm. for Harley and like kind of like he, he was very obvious about why he was doing stuff. And so it, it kind of got Harley, like Harley didn't have bitterness towards that. Like he was, he was on board with mm-hmm. it because he understood it. And I think that like what you're saying about bringing your kids in with you is like, instead of just being like, all right, I got to go to work and like, I got to like leave, like actually bringing them into it. And like, I got to go take care of so-and-so out yeah. on the trail and he needs my help. So yeah. I think that's cool. And I, yeah, I think that's a, it can be scary. Like for people that are like a part of ministry to bring your family into it, I think. And it can be intimidating. Um, especially like depending on who you're working with, like if you're working with teens that like might have a troubled past, like, it can be intimidating bringing your family into that. But I think like if we let God lead with that and trust him with that, I think it's cool to see a family involved, like 
like that. So. Yeah. Well, I would have also said it was good for for my boys to see a, a family. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Some of them, some of them obviously come from stable environments, but others just don't. And uh, I they they used to mention that. Like I I don't know that they would have said it directly or anything, but you could tell they had um, deeper respect even for who you were. And when you said something to them, when they see that your boys. Um, listen to you and know how to act when they're there for supper. Well, it's Uh, also a good opportunity. Like, again, my family's far from perfect, right? But we can have fun together and we can Mm -hmm. do life together, right? It's a really neat way for us to just be a witness for Christ, even in that way, right? And I think it also gives you an opportunity then to help boys go, hey, you know what? Like, you could grow up and be that kind of a dad. Like, you see that staff, you, you know... You watch that supervisor take care of his family. Like mm-hmm. you could grow up and be a dad yep. like that. Yep. Even mm-hmm. maybe you haven't had a dad in your life, but if you if you could do that, then you can help them see what you know what a life could be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah, yeah. This next question is is very loaded, and I mean, you <laughs> probably have like a million <laughs> answers to this, but um, it's it's always interesting to like like just to hear a gut reaction to it. Um, like what's what has been the hardest part about camp, and then on the flip side, what's been the most rewarding? Yeah, that's. Uh, I thought about that question a little bit when when you texted it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's lots of hard, right? But there's lots of good too. I would mm-hmm. say probably if I had to kind of put it together in a in a kind of a nice little answer, I would say probably the hardest part of camp is has been the relationships, mm-hmm. right? Because again, when you start working with with troubled teens. Um, they're going to call you some bad names sometimes and yep. they're going to, you know, push away at you and, yeah. you know, what they want from you is what they push away from you too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you're dealing with people all the time, someone told me one time, he said, you know, if you're going to work with people, then accept the fact that where there's people, there's problems. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't spend all your time trying to get yourself to a place where there's no more problems. Just wow. accept the fact that there's always going to be problems yeah. and then deal with them. Yeah. And you can, obviously, you want to create a community and a, a sense of, um, you, you, want to, you, you want to create a culture where it's not a problem culture, right? Yeah. But to not panic when things get a little tough sometimes, mm-hmm. either with your staff or with the boys or with a family or with a state official or something mm-hmm. like that. But to just go, okay, Lord, let's, let's see what we can do with this. Um, so that's probably the hardest part. Like sometimes it's pressure from licensing. Sometimes it's pressure from maybe it's fundraising, maybe it's staff recruiting. Um, but then on the flip side, like probably the most rewarding part to that too is just, um, all the relationships, right? Like I had a a cool opportunity this summer where, um, there was a kid who lived in the group with me. His name was Daniel actually. Um, and he came back, and, you know, he's like, you know, when you're a group chief and you have a guy in the group, like, he seems like this little kid to you, right? Yeah. He's only, like, he's in his upper 30s, wow. right? So he's like wow. a grown man, wow. has a family, right? <laughs> and so I got to walk down trail with yeah. him. We got to sit at the Frontiersman Logs again and just kind of laugh cool. and reminisce and all that. Or I'll be walking in the Lowe's or somewhere like that, yeah. and someone goes, Chief Daniel, that's well, you awesome. know that's a graduated yeah. camper, right? Yeah. You know that's mm-hmm. someone that's that knows you from camp because mm-hmm. nobody else calls you that. Mm-hmm. And to just go, hey, I'm doing good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, 
and they're telling you about their family yeah. and the mm-hmm. things that they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, probably the hardest part is also the best part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think too the the other payoff too has been in the rewarding part is just um, to see young people like to see young men come through and then just wrestle with some of the hard things in their own life. Um, but to leave camp as people with some good leadership skills, mm-hmm. people that have wrestled with hard things and are ready to go back in their community and use the tools that they learned here. So mm-hmm. that's really rewarding to me too, is yeah. to see those guys go back and because then the ripple of what you're doing is so much bigger. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. to me, camp is a unique little it's a unique ministry, but the ripple of it can be so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And and it's just one simple way to build the kingdom of God. But if you can if you can help young men become leaders, they can go back to their communities and do that same thing. You can help the ladies that come through, then you know, there it's it just goes everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanna quick go back. Mm-hmm. Um it made me think again. When I when I think of something I just want to talk <laughs> yeah. about a little bit. Um when you're talking about the uh instead of trying to like make sure there aren't any problems instead just like be ready to face the problems um it was cool like it was probably two years ago now um it was right when i was about to take over as director and i was like i was a little bit like i i'm not qualified for this like this is not something that i'm ready for and um it like for me a lot of like i want to i want to make sure things are running smoothly like i want to make sure we can get through things without problems and like we want to do everything to prevent that. Um, but then I was actually, um, Paul Graber talked to me and he's like, he's like, you know what? I heard something really good. And I like, I just, I want to share it with you. He's like, instead of going into a situation, trying to prepare yourself for all the outcomes and like all the, all the problems that are going to come up and like preparing yourself for everything that you think is going to happen Instead, dig into your relationship with Christ and dig into like what what he has for you and make sure where you're at with God is where you want it to be. And he's like, if that's who you're seeking, then when those problems come up, you have someone to go to with them. Mm-hmm. And I think like that that's completely cool. blew my yeah. mind. I was like, that's so much easier than trying to trying to look ahead and figure mm-hmm. out all your problems. Instead, just make sure like the guy who you want by your side is there yeah. and make sure that relationship yeah. is in check. So that way when things do come up, you have someone to lean on. Yeah, yeah. That's and awesome. So that, that stuck with me a lot. And I, it made me think of it when you were saying like, instead of trying to prevent all the problems, just be mm-hmm. ready when they do come to just handle them well. And well, yeah, and that's, I think, you know, I, I, if you'd have told me when I was a kid that I was going to be the director of an organization like camp, I was mm-hmm. like, that was totally not me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I was not a very confident kid mm-hmm. um, and still can second guess myself and critique myself a lot. Um, but yeah, just to kind of go, it's okay. I don't have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but believe in who I am in Christ and believe in the fact that it's what God has called you to do yeah. and then rest in that and do it. Well, and that's, that's a good word for anybody, whether they're going to become the director right. of camp or yeah. uh, like even in in your family or in your church, um, I feel like it's Bonhoeffer that uh, he he wrote a lot. He he started like a a community when the when he saw kind of the writing on the wall of the Nazi uh, takeover in Germany. They started a community where they basically tried to separate from the world and become like a group. <laughs> uh, it it was 
he has a lot of interesting writing that came out of it. But but one thing that that he said that's always kind of stuck with me is the people who became most disillusioned with the the church movement they were trying to start are those who valued their ideal church above the people around them. Mm. And so they were always looking for the, um, they, they had this idea of what a community could look like and probably that problem free <laughs> community. And, mm-hmm. and when that didn't happen, they turned bitter towards everybody yeah. around them instead of accepting the fact that we as people have our flaws and we're going to deal with them. Um, I think, I think that's something uh, that you, you see a lot of um, former camp staff taking into their communities something really valuable that people learn there. Um, and, yeah, it's just uh, the, the other thing that I have um, always appreciated about you, especially when I was at camp, is you seem to do a pretty good job maintaining energy the energy level at camp and the the group spirit, if you will. And I would be kind of curious, like what are some things you do in that leadership position that um, keeps energy among the the staff that works in the office around you? And then from there, um, those direct working directly with the boys and staff elsewhere. Yeah, I I think, um, I don't actually know what all I do, but I, I think there's a couple key <laughs> <That's probably good. laughs> key parts to that, right? Like again, I didn't start camp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, in when you look at it, you know, say from a business perspective, I'm like a third generation leader, right? Mm-hmm. Not the first generation, and so I think um, one of the things that I feel pretty passionate about is that you know we have to pass down principles, mm-hmm. um, and it's easy. I think churches do this. Like it's easy to try to pass down traditions because traditions are easier to control mm. yeah. than to try to pass down principles. Yeah, that's good. And so, um, I think that's something that has helped just to go like maybe the way we live it out today is different mm. than the way it was lived out 25 years ago or 30 years ago, yeah. but the principle can be the same, right? Yeah, it's still relationship. It's still in, in a Christian, you know, in our Christian faith, like the way I live my faith out is different than the way my dad did. And, you know, that's true for you guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, and the way my children are going to live their faith out is going to be slightly different. But that faith should still be a faith in Christ. Yeah. It should, should still be love your neighbor, love yeah. God with all your heart, mind, and soul, right? Yeah. And so finding ways that bring energy and allow staff to try something, Mm -hmm. um, even if it's different, as long as it doesn't change the core of your mission, the core of like what you're doing. Um, so allowing staff to do that, um, being able to think outside the box Mm -hmm. and, and to not, I, I think for me, it's been, um, not having to focus so much on preservation Mm -hmm. and just like, Live it in the moment. Be okay if it looks a little bit different. Yeah. You're always going to have a few critics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, as you know, stay true to principle. And I think that's true, uh, like I said, in our in our faith as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting because we don't, most of the people we've interviewed so far, I would say, are the ones that would have started the ministry they're in. Mm-hmm. I'm not really thinking of anybody that's in oh, that that's position. It's, it's kind of a unique position to be in. There's probably some 
added pressure if you're yeah. if you're willing to put it on yourself, yeah. I guess. But I think something along with that too that is helpful is if like um, to help the staff appreciate what the people mm-hmm. that worked at camp before us mm-hmm. did. You know, like JD talked about. You know, when they put in water lines, they dug them by hand because they couldn't afford a trencher. Yeah. Right? We don't have that problem today. Yeah. Um, God yeah. has blessed us with the finances, right? That doesn't mean that what we're going through today isn't hard, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that what that chief is struggling with today, to him, that's just as hard as having to dig a water line by hand, yeah. right? Yeah. And so validating that and being okay with him, him feeling that way and yet helping them appreciate what, what we've been given and also to find ways to be good stewards of it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like God... God expects us to be good stewards of those types of things. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like my little time at camp, I, you know, it's, I need to be a good steward of it. Yeah. And I often tell staff too, like the relationships that we build while we're here, those, those relationships, people may like, we have donors that give to camp that I don't have any relationship with. It mm-hmm. was people that were at camp before I was at camp mm-hmm. that built that relationship and those people still believe in camp because of those people. Mm-hmm. That should be true of us once we're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because even these ideas of like how you take care of what you have now and uh, what you do, and then appreciating what came before you. I like everything that you're talking about sounds like just a slightly bigger version of what happens in a group down trail. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting how like my. I think my perspective on life has been shaped a lot by the time there and, and how I think about leadership and accountability through like supervisors when somebody's out in the field somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of that, there's, there's a lot of good structure at camp, but, but I also like, I really like that, that heart that's at the center that we're not going to force everything to be exactly the same. There's, there's some things that we're going to do because it's the right, way to do things but then just being able to have the wisdom to to parse out what um where we can get a little more creative and keep keep some life there i i like that yeah yeah Yeah, i i like all i think and that everything you're saying i think can apply to to like any ministry you think of and also Mm -hmm. in like what you said to church as well like i that's why i like digging into all this stuff because i think like it, you can take it and apply it yeah. so much stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I really like what you're saying about um, like passing on principle and not tradition. And I think like sometimes when like if in your shoes, the easiest thing for you would probably just to be like, like we're just going to do everything the same, like the mm-hmm. way it has been done just so that if anything goes wrong, it's like, Oh, this isn't my thing. Like, this is just how right. we do it. That's right. But like you being bold and being like, like we're going to take those principles, but let's like, let's c- grow and like, let's, we can change and mm-hmm. we can try things. And I, I think that takes courage and that's a good note for anyone. Like if yeah. you're like, make sure your principles are solid and make sure like you're still like, you want to stay in line with obviously the fundamentals of faith mm-hmm. and all that, but don't be afraid to like, to think outside the box and mm-hmm. to think more and not just like rely on everything behind you. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be a student of what you're doing too, mm, right? Yeah. Like you have to understand kind of like for me, I have to understand kind of the, the landscape of childcare, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to understand the laws and the things that are changing and even yeah, the true. way people think about family and the way mm-hmm. people think about raising children. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's an old saying that says, you know, you know, you don't want to be building wagon wheels when the cars are coming out. Right. Right. But so you have to, again, find ways to keep those principles, yeah. but make them current and relevant in today's culture and be able to communicate it in a way that others say you're licensing people can go, okay, that, that actually is yeah. really cool. Like yeah. that, that makes sense. And so, yeah, I think that's something that I personally try to do is kind of be a student of what I'm doing yeah. and yeah. always be willing to learn and, and to kind of look out and go, you know, if I would do this training or if I, you know, maybe this angle or whatever mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that it stays relevant. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we can move on to yeah, our I guess to our last question since we're since we're here anyway. Um, we we ask this of everybody that comes on. It's always interesting to hear people's perspectives on both the question and their answer. But what is one thing the world needs more of, and why? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the world needs lots more yeah, Jesus. You can but give your Sunday school answer or your <laughs> right whatever you. Um, so that you know, that's that's kind of the the general. But I think um, probably what I would say to that is we need men that are willing to step up and be leaders. Mm. Um, and and I tell kids, you know, I tell my boys, like you may not grow up and be a leader of an organization, you may not lead a church, you may not lead a business, but if God created you to be a man, then you're a leader. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be a leader in some sense. You, you're going to lead your family. You're going to lead your marriage. Um, and God may ask you to lead a church. He may ask you to lead a ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that starts by you being faithful in first leading yourself um, in your relationship with him. But, you know, I see the effects of, of men not being leaders mm-hmm. um, all the time. It's in the yeah. boys that I live with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just a call to men to be to step up and not in a over the top kind of way, but in in a true way that God created you just, you know, be a leader, embrace that. Mm-hmm. Whether you, you know, lots of men say, well, I'm, I'm not really a leader. Um, but I, I say if if you're a man, then you're a leader yeah. in some sense. Yeah. And and I think that's important. I think if we could do that, then yeah. we would take care of our ladies and mm-hmm. and change the world yeah absolutely yeah i like that um especially tying it in directly to what what you feel the mm-hmm. the aftermath of like of bad leadership or just not leading is a lot of the kids that that you see and um is because of leadership um mm-hmm. or lack thereof so yeah i i completely agree i think um yeah, we were just even talking in our i do a bible study with some guys about and just talking about how men like even nowadays are so quick to like just shove everything off on other people and yeah. try to avoid responsibility and leadership and whether it's small things or whether it's like a big thing it like just taking the moments and making making the decisions like I'm going to lead I'm going to step up and take charge and I think yeah, if there is a culture with more men that did that it would it would look a lot better mm-hmm. so and it's something that has to be taught too that's right like yeah. i i think a lot of the boys there um, it's not always because they've just been making terrible choices. Oh, I mean, they do. That comes later. But, but just that 
um, I don't know, you, you can tell that they haven't had a lot of good modeled sometimes. And um, it's amazing what happens when they get just a little bit of a glimpse of that, mm-hmm. um, who they can become from there. Well, everybody wants to make a difference, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants to do something. Every man wants to do something that is that they're going to be remembered by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people are more naturally a leader. Um, but you can, if I can learn to be a leader, then I'd say anybody can. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, that was great conversation. Um, thanks so much for coming mm-hmm. on and answering mm-hmm. our questions, even though not all the questions were on the list. That's uh, all right. Thanks for yeah. shooting from the hip for us. Yeah. Um, that's what I like to do a lot. I like to ask questions from the hip as mm-hmm. I'm thinking about them because if we have the questions, some of our listeners might have the questions too. So, yep. um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I want to en- encourage you to keep on going because um, you're inspiring people. And um, yeah, I, th- I was really encouraged by this. I know Randall, you, already have been blessed and encouraged by Daniel. So um, I think a lot of people enjoy this. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing with us. My privilege. I appreciate the opportunity. And yeah. yeah. And go, go check out fair play boys camp. And if you ever want something to do, um, it's a great place to be. That's right. Randall can tell you from experience and Daniel can tell you from experience. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that's right. Sweet. Alex. Like and subscribe.